It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, welcome back to the Out of Spec Podcast. I'm Jordan, joined by Max, and we're both coming at you wearing AirPods Max. <laughs> Except mine are actually broken, so I'll take these off. Uh, had to start it that way. <laughs> and Max, looks like you're using Center Stage. You have a new device forth, in the house. Just like a legacy automaker with their electric strategy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, legacy automakers and their electric strategies. I think we should cover pretty much all of them. We've already done an episode on Toyota and... Today, we're going to talk Honda, which is a brand I've been kind of all over the place as far as how I feel about them. Um, so I don't even know where, where, where we're going to start. Let's start with uh, an electric car they have right now, which we don't have in the U.S., which I'm slightly bitter about. Um, it is the Honda E, which I'll throw a photo on the screen for our visual watchers and listeners on YouTube. Um, if you're listening on the podcast platforms, thank you for listening and Google it. <laughs> this is the Honda E, the most adorable city car you've ever seen. Um, yeah, it says it's got power. And then it says rapid acceleration, zero to 16, 8.3 seconds. So yeah, how do you feel about Honda's electrification strategy? We're going to talk about where they're going and maybe different stages of what they're doing, especially including projects with GM, Sony, etc. But as they exist at the moment, they have this little European city car that's adorable. What do you think of it? Yeah, I love it. Not only is it adorable, I think it's like legitimately <laughs> beautiful. Like it's honestly, I think one of the designs we'll be looking at 20, 30 years from now and be like, wow, this is amazing. It's just such a, I think they showed it off initially in 2017 at an auto show. And then 2019 was the first year they actually started shipping them uh, to those lucky European customers who can buy them. And yeah, this thing is adorable. It's like a 35 kilowatt hour battery, not a ton of range, but rear wheel drive, very sporty. Uh, and the interior, I think, is just as beautiful as the exterior. It's got a super like kind of retro dash. It's, I, I love this thing. 
Yeah, huge screen in the middle, which is cool. They made a lot of headlines with that. Nice wood accents, just a very nicely done interior piece. Kyle's actually done a review of this on Out of Spec Reviews, uh, so go check that out if you want to see him reacting to what he also agrees is one of the best, most adorable cars ever. And what you might be telling from this photo, digital rearview mirrors, um, because that's a thing that's legal in the europe and not here sadly so yeah if you see the car you'll see little kind of cameras sticking out of the door where you'd normally see a rearview mirror and they really lean into the retro modern design language which we've seen kind of similarly on the bronco and things like that but it's even more fun to see it done on an electric vehicle so yeah like max said not great range decent power i mean it's it's slow technically but at the same time that electric torque like it's zero to like 30 miles an hour where you really feel the speed and in a city you're not doing zero to 60 like hardly ever so that's not that important of a spec um but it is a little bit expensive um given the limited range and such it's still near forty thousand in this case pounds um or euros depending on where you're at i know they still sell them in germany i saw a few in germany and it was even better looking in person but uh yeah what a beautiful vehicle so I, I guess when honda brought this out and unveiled it i was really impressed i was like oh cool Honda's going to be one of the best evs out there like they're going to start with this and then keep doing other things with other products and um here we are not really any electric hondas in the states right i'm not missing anything no. Well, there is, there was a Honda Clarity, I believe. Right. Uh, at least it had plug-in EV-only range, and I think there was also an EV version of the Clarity. But there's no, like, dedicated ground-up EV models they've ever made. Uh, so in that respect, Honda's behind even Toyota, who at least, you know, has shipped some BZ4Xs and recalled most of them, or all of them, <laughs> but has released that. Uh, and Honda is here with no mass-market EVs at the moment. Uh, but Honda E, I agree with you. Really intriguing start. I think history will kind of look at that car kind of like we look at the BMW i3 already, right? This super kind of space age, incredible design, super ambitious, but also just expensive, quirky, and frankly, kind of weird experiment. Uh, and that's where you can kind of classify Honda right now. They had that experiment in Europe, but they do have a lot of plans for both the uh, near-term and long-term future in terms of how they plan on actually electrifying. Yeah, so I guess aptly named, one of those plans starting out in the U.S. is the Prologue, which is actually a brilliant name, technically speaking. Uh, and I love this thing. Just the design. This is this is a recent kind of unveiling, and it's actually a joint venture with GM in using the Ultium platform, which is pretty cool. Uh, I wanted to get your thoughts and take on that. I guess let, let me first just look at the design. That's what everyone looks at first, and honestly, a lot of us judge cars on design without knowing anything about them. Um, on one hand, we don't know a whole lot about this other than it looks fantastic. It has minimalist Honda print on the back, which everyone is doing that nowadays, which is fine. You know, Pathfinder and Lexus and they're all just like going that direction. Um, but perfect rear taillight design. The side profile is clean. Yes, it's a CUV slash SUV. So innately somewhat boring, but the fact that they just made it look simple and good, I appreciate it. The interior, um, 
just very normal Honda. Like they didn't go crazy and weird. They have physical buttons for climate control and vents you can adjust yourself with your hand. What a concept. I'm looking at you, Rivian and Tesla and Porsche with your stupid digital vent controls. Um, and the front fascia, very, you know, has a lot of cues like the new Honda Accord with the very clean LED lines, like no weird diagonal type things, which can be fine. But, um, and the fog lights look good. Just everything looks good. And even the wheel design is refreshing. I usually hate every OEM wheel, but um, I really do like this. But yes, like I said, Ultium is the underlying architecture. What do you think of this? Yeah, so I think the design, I agree with you. It's solid, it's good. Uh, the 21 inch wheels, massive, especially on a CUV of this size, but that's just where the industry is headed. So, you know, they do, I think, add to the looks of it. And in terms of technology, yeah, it's using GM Ultium. So we've actually seen it now on Cadillac Lyric, which is, you know, shipping. Uh, I don't know how many, but it, it does exist. And GM has <laughs> tons of Ultium vehicles down the pipeline. This is actually a 2024 model year. So we're going to see it start shipping pretty soon. And I guess in terms of Honda and their serious EV strategy, this is really the beginning of it. Uh, this is kind of, I think, Honda's leadership has basically said, you know, they want to work on their own EVs, but for now, they know EVs are so important, they have to do something. So this is their kind of bet on the immediate future, you know, having a very important market segment of vehicle, a crossover, uh, available to compete with all of the other electric CUVs out there right now. So this is what they've done. They've partnered with GM. It's going to use a lot of the GM, not just Ultium, but I think it's going to also drive like a GM car. It's going to have some of the OnStar uh, infotainment stuff, I believe. It's basically mm -hmm. just going to have Honda tuning, branding, uh, and styling. Yeah, that's something to note. So we've seen this before with, um, you know, for example, the eGMP platform cars, which uh, is Hyundai Ioniq 5, Kia EV6, and Genesis GV60. All three different brands, technically kind of the same umbrella company. So I guess it's not the perfect example, but they were all designed by like their their exterior design was done by each brand and the fine tuning was done but still the same underlying architecture but that's why they drive ever so slightly different so i'm curious to see how honda tunes this thing i would love to i guess drive this alongside a lyric and just see how it compares uh i actually do like this more than the lyric but maybe that's just because i like honda design language more than cadillac um i've heard the lyric is great and I guess this this may not be compared to Lyric as much, um, like this you article like it more from than the Blazer. That's the thing. This article from Motor One mentions it's it's probably going to be more Blazer EV underneath, and I do like the Blazer too. But I just I don't like Chevy that much. I don't have like anything directly against them. I just it doesn't interest me as much as most Honda things. So I like the. I don't know. The wheels and design of this just speak to me a little bit more than the Blazer. And I'll be curious to see how they make the tuning different because just because it's different doesn't mean it's better or worse when we're not sure which direction they're going to go. Honda is pitching this. I'll throw back up their version um, as a rugged SUV, which, okay. I have a feeling about that because they say like, Oh, all wheel drive, but that doesn't mean rugged. They said rugged, and then they also talk about it having 21-inch wheels, which is not rugged. That means slim sidewall tires, and also a 
they said they said quote unquote the same wheelbase you see on other rugged suvs which is weird because basically this seems like a long wheelbase and technically the longer the wheelbase technically the less rugged you are because your breakover angle is worse so i don't know you know marketing speak and such like that but um I yeah, I'd be really curious to see how this compares to the Blazer EV, and especially if the underlying things are identical. We've seen some issues in recent headlines with, you know, the Hummer having some recalls, the Hummer EV, because of battery pack sealing issues. There's been various software issues with Hummer EVs, um, so I wonder how the software will hold up on this and whether or not that's something that could be a issue tying together. You know, we, a joint venture like this is nothing new. We've seen things like the Toyota Supra, the new one. Um, it's a bit controversial because it's Toyota and BMW, but that partnership's brilliant because honestly, if it weren't for that, we might not have it because Toyota's like, oh, we can't like bring out a new 2JZ engine. We need to work with someone who already has a great powertrain, and they did it, and that's how we have the Supra. Kind of the same way with the GR86 and the Subaru BRZ. They're the same car underneath just partnered with some fine-tuning differences in body style and stuff. So this happens all over the auto industry, which means I don't think this is a huge deal, um, but it's still worth talking about because I've never seen like a GM-Honda partnership before. Yeah, it's a new one. And, you know, these EV platforms are expensive to make, just like, you know, building a niche dedicated sports car platform was expensive. Hence why Toyota went with BMW as a partner for Supra. So nonetheless, this is a very mainstream product. So they probably will make a fair amount of these. And I think Honda intends to move off of Ultium uh, for their own cars, at least, kind of quickly. But that said, that's not the limit of their partnership. I think Honda and GM announced they're going to be making some cheaper EVs based off Ultium that aren't the Prologue, but um, basically are meant for kind of uh, the South American market uh, and also, I think, our market. But they're, they're going to try to make more affordable EVs with Honda branding and GM technology. So they're going to be doing that in the next few years. But I think, ultimately, Honda really does want to uh, develop some of its own battery technologies and uh, key infrastructure. And we'll be talking about that later in the episode. Yeah. So I guess next we'll move on to, um, I guess, uh, another progression of their electrification strategy, which seems to be Sony and Honda. Um, another partnership, which this one's a bit more strange, you know, GM and Honda, they're both car companies. And so they're working together on a car. Sure. Makes sense. Um, Sony doesn't make cars well asterisk they've made a couple um and they've showed them off at ces uh i saw both the what do they call it s1 yeah uh, the vision s1 and then the s2 which is an suv yeah so i yeah so i saw them um both at ces this past year and then the the previous year was just the sedan i think and they really seem like proof of concept. Everyone's like, oh, is Sony going to actually make cars? Or are they just showing that they can make certain pieces of technology? Um, I don't really know the, the, the truth behind that. But I, my guess was that they were just going to showcase the technology and try to hand it off to perhaps the highest bidder or the best person to work with company. Um, in this case, seems to be Honda. So supposedly they're creating almost like a new brand together 
um, which I think actually makes sense because that way they don't have any stigma on either side tied to it, which could be good or bad. Um, but the first model is expected in 2025. That's a few years out. We all know we have trust issues with a lot of other various brands who keep saying they're going to put out vehicles and then don't. So I don't know. These dates flying around are just kind of something to be taken with a grain of salt. But um, I'm intrigued because Honda makes cars and makes a lot of them. They're a major manufacturer. They have a lot of good things. And Sony makes technology and has a lot of really good things. So in my head, this is a brilliant partnership. No idea what they're going to call it. Um, I know in CES, Sony mentioned they were going to create a company called Sony Mobility. I'd be surprised if they called it that because... Honda's blatantly missing in the name, so who knows? Um, but yeah, what what are your t- takes on this story? Yeah, the branding is an open question, but I think the technology uh, justification actually makes a lot of sense because when Sony announced they were going to be building their own cars, everyone kind of, I think, at CES several years earlier, everyone kind of looked at them like, well, how are you going to do that? And I think they announced they were actually partnered with channel sponsor Magna to develop some of the components of that hardware. And Sony actually, like you said, they made they announced Sony Mobility. They said they're more serious. And now, of course, there's this Honda partnership. So how all these pieces fit together, I don't know. But I think the actual pieces make a lot of sense here because, like you mentioned, Honda, you know, very solid reputation of building vehicles, be they ICE or hybrid or, you know, maybe electric in the future. Uh, they, I mean, also bikes, right? I mean, Honda makes a lot of great products uh, really well. Uh, but Sony is a, you know, less obvious auto company. They, But they have undeniably really good technology, mainly, I think, in sensors and imaging, uh, which is where they're hoping to, I think, really contribute to both safety, autonomous driving, a bunch of features that are going to be pivotal to, like, high-tech cars of the future. Uh, And I think the easiest way to maybe give an analog for this is if right now, if you think of Sony's imaging business, they have a huge camera division. They make great cameras, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And their cameras use AI technology to have like autofocus that can track people's eyes and heads and bodies and switch between that. And you might ask, how is that applicable for cars? Well, I think detecting pedestrians, being able to use all of those sensors and integrate them in, you know, a way that works for plausible self-driving, that's really important. So I think that's where Sony probably can help a lot. Also, maybe in some other areas of hardware, uh, Sony has great audio products, great video products. So maybe there'll be infotainment technology provided by Sony. Maybe there'll be a PlayStation 5 built in. Who knows? But there's a lot of like potential um, with these two companies, these two you know iconic Japanese companies working together. Yeah, absolutely. And I think in theory, it's a brilliant partnership. Which you know could be the same with Sony or Honda and GM, but Sony and Honda, man, that would be the coolest thing. I'm just waiting for them to like bring out an S2000 successor that has like a PS2 built in. Like that'd be so cool. <laughs> full on embrace the nostalgia market. They could do exactly. It. Yeah, if anyone can do it, they can. So I guess we'll wrap up with starting with with touching on what could be their more long term future plans. Um, Sony or sorry, Honda. Uh, is it the CEO who's talking, uh, or the the head of Honda's global electrification plan, uh, Shinja Aoyama, <laughs> butchering names, um, has talked about solid state batteries, which is something that always seems to be around the corner and not really 
I guess, in practice. And we'll do future podcasts on solid state technology as a whole. So we're not going to dive into that right now. But this is something Honda has directly talked about as a future pillar of their strategy. Yes, specifically, they want to make solid state batteries that are Honda specific. So their kind of idea that they're at least willing to talk about publicly is using a polymer fiber coating to basically uh, sandwich the battery. So they're going to roll that coating very tightly around the solid electrolyte. And supposedly, uh, for many nerdy reasons I don't entirely understand, that's going to make the sol these solid state batteries more manufacturable and more longer lasting. And that's been one of the issues with this tech and why it's been so delayed and so kind of up in the air. Uh, solid state batteries aren't entirely vaporware yet. Like, I mean, there actually are, I think, reports of um, this uh, scooter company, GoGoRo, who does a battery swapping model for electric scooters in foreign markets uh, like Taiwan, uh, they, I believe, are as of March of this year, said they were actually piloting solid state batteries. So much smaller application. We're talking about two and a half kilowatt hour packs for scooters and mopeds. But I think that shows that the technology is not entirely just hype. Like it does, it, it's starting to become a reality. And as it does, it seems like Honda really wants to put their own spin on it and use their manufacturing expertise to make it work in automotive. And if they can be one of the earliest companies to do that, that could give them a huge advantage. I think uh, maybe you can talk more about this, Jordan, but as I understand it, some of the big benefits of solid state batteries are supposed to be uh, quicker charging, uh, much more energy density potentially, which would be huge, right? More range for the same weight uh, in vehicles. Yeah. All that's very exciting. Yeah, more range for the same weight or critically the same range for less weight. And Honda has talked specifically about in including these in, you know, they have a huge power sports division for motorcycles and other um, you know, outdoor activity sports, uh, and these would make that heavily improved. Uh, they'd be beneficial. You you wouldn't have the issue because you know some people have a stigma around electrification because well, the GM Bolt it fires didn't help the the case for that. And solid state batteries um, don't tend to have thermal runaway events in any way. I don't think. Um, I need to do a lot more research on solid state, but I know there's been issues um with certain solid state batteries um i guess with with their fiber um so i guess i'll follow up with some of this the the dendrites are like tiny crystal spikes that form in lithium metal anodes of solid state batteries i guess so the problem is that the dendrites can bore through the electrolyte over time and that can cause a short circuit during charging so solid state batteries like you said like exist but there's just random quirks they're trying to work through um and honda's trying to be one of the spearheading solutions for this so for that issue specifically they're trying to make a sandwich quote unquote and so they're putting fabric over the um electrolyte and that way it i guess sits between the electrolyte and the positive and negative electrodes to prevent those dendrites happening um so that I don't know. It's it's one solution to one problem. There's various problems, but there's also a lot of, like you said, benefits that I think make the research, the R&D for this worth it. So we'll definitely be covering, like I said, more solid state stuff in the future because it's a fascinating piece of technology. I actually met uh, the head of a solid state battery company on my on a random flight to California. So I need to track him down and have him on the podcast because he could probably go crazy in depth on it. And that's what we want. We want to understand more of these technologies that will become probably more 
you know, commonplace in the future. Um, Honda is saying, oh, we'll have solid state by 2029 or 2028. At least that's what um, um, their executives are trying to say. Uh, it's also one of those things where I'll believe it when I see it. But, you know, throwing dates around, it could be right. At least it's a it's a goal. So hopefully Aoma, Aoyama and all the other execs at Honda have some, like, foundation for these dates. But um, I don't know. Do you think we'll see them before the end of the decade? Hopefully. Uh, I, I don't know. It's very hard to bet on. But I think it is exciting that they're at least sharing some manufacturing details about this polymer uh, fabric sandwich technique, which they say I think is not only going to help EVs, but because of the way they can layer the fabric, they can use a thinner amount of fabric for hybrids, which maybe don't need to be manufactured to as much of a um, you know, standard is EVs where the battery is obviously always going to be in use. So they, I think there could be, um, the, the fact that they're suggesting that for hybrids tells me, oh, maybe this is further along into actually becoming a reality uh, than we thought. Who knows? But yeah, end of the decade at the earliest, it seems like. In the meantime, it's going to be leveraging that OTM partnership with General Motors uh, and kind of uh, going from there, I think. Yeah. Exactly. So um, that's kind of what we know for Honda's electrification strategy. And like I said in the beginning, uh, we're hoping to cover a lot more brands and look at their electrification strategy, comment on it, look at the facts and figures and share them with you. So leave comments below. Uh, which brands do you want to see first? We hope to hit them all. But uh, if there's priorities, ones that you're intrigued about and just want to know more, leave those comments down below and we'll see you down there. Any final thoughts, Max? Yeah, I just want to add my own two cents for next brands. I want to see Saab's electric strategy. That's what <laughs> I really want to understand. So that's my personal request. But if you have other ones, do add those. Yeah, I'd love to see Saturn make a return and um, bring bring a new electrification branch called The Rings. Keely and... or someone can buy these brands. They can revive it. It's possible. <laughs> <laughs> exactly so yeah thanks again for everyone tuning in uh watching or listening of course we're on youtube and um on all the podcast platforms and again leave comments below and we'll see you all in another episode very soon deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. 
Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.